Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. There's a war going on for your heart. I'm not sure some of you believe that. There's a war going on for your heart. Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and rose from the grave the third day to give you a new heart filled with love and abundant source of living. He said, I've come that you might have life in that more abundantly. Abundant source of living. But Satan, Jesus said, and the powers of darkness come to steal, kill, and destroy your heart. Now in Matthew chapter 13, also in Mark chapter 4, also in Luke chapter 8, Jesus gave this parable to his disciples about the heart in which he described three ways that the enemy would try to steal, kill, and destroy your heart. Jesus said that you're going to have those who will sow the word of God into your heart. Whether it's pastors, Bible teachers, whether it's listening to to teachers on the radio or television, whether it's listening to your iPod, whether it's reading the word yourself, God will seek to sow his word into your heart. And the reason is because the seed of the word of God is that which feeds the new heart. When you're born again, the scripture says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow there. But then in the book of Hebrews, that, by the way, is in 1 Peter. But in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews was saying to the church, he said, listen, you've grown enough. You've been walking with God long enough. Your heart has grown enough. You ought to be teachers of the word. Instead, you're still drinking the milk of the word. Because strong meat of the word of God, strong meat of the word of God belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their spiritual senses to the discerning of both good and evil. In other words, as you, as you feed your heart, as you sow the word of God in your heart and your heart grows, you can grow to the point that you no longer want milk, you begin wanting Taters and gravy. And then, you know, only one. By the way, that's, that's southern. <clears throat> My maternal grandmother was from Kentucky. So we grew up eating grits and southern cornbread and black-eyed peas. and Anyway, food that feeds the body really well. Doesn't do a whole lot for the soul, but it feeds the body. 
But God wants you to learn how to feed your heart. The same way. That's where I was going with that. By the way, you go, where's he going with this? God wants you to feed your heart the same way you feed your body, only with the word of God. So the word there. But Jesus said what the enemy will do, what Satan will do, is he will come and steal that seed before it can take root. The enemy will try to create hard places in your heart so that the seed that does stay there and begin taking root won't be able to take deep root, but will soon wither and die. Jesus said, the enemy will come in the night and sow tares, sow weeds in your heart so that the good seed that takes root and begins growing up will be choked out. Now, here's the weird thing about tares. You ready? Here's the weird thing about tares. Nudge your neighbor and say, you want to hear this part. It's really important. Okay, get ready. Here's, here's the weird thing about tares. They look like the real thing. The enemy will come and sow in your heart things that look like the real. And the only way you're going to be able to tell the difference between the true fruit of the seed of the word of God and the tares is by knowing the word of God well enough that you can discern between good and evil. Come on. You can discern between good and evil. There there are so many lies and distortions being sown inside the church right now that if if you're not really strong in the word, you'll, you'll think, oh, that's good fruit. Oh, that's good fruit. I want that. I want that in my life. That's good fruit. No, it's not. No, it's not good fruit. And, and if you let it grow there, it will choke out the good fruit. And, and the enemy is winning right now. Because the tares he's sown in your heart is choking out the good fruit. Come on. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is why the writer of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 23, he said... Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And we studied that in detail a couple of weeks ago. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 6. He said, Stand, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes and plans of the enemy. There's a real enemy. There's a war for your heart going on. And you want to win. And so you put on the armor of God. And so you guard your heart with all diligence. Well, we have been studying since the first of the year that portion from the writings of the apostle Peter where he talked about, listen, if you're going to have a heart that flows in abundant life, you've got to nurture your heart. You've got to feed your heart. And there are things you've got to be diligently adding to your heart if you're going, if you're going to continue to flourish in abundant life. 
In fact, he said this, if these things are in you and abound, they will make you that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. How many want that kind of a life? Come on, right? I mean, there's none of us that when we're a kid growing up, we go, yeah, you know what I think I want? I think I want to live just the poorest kind of a life and just barely getting by and just, and just oh man, and just, just on the point of destruction all the time. I just think I want to live that way. I want to live with constant drama and just, I, but none of us grow up thinking that, do we? We, we, we want to be successful. We want to be a superhero. Isn't that, isn't that fun? Kids grow up about being, being a superhero, being, you know, being, a, none of us grow up going, I just think, I would, you know, I want to sit in a corner and just think about drama all my life. That's what I want to do. I want to be that. That's why, that's all oh, I want to be that. No, no, no. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. Come on, right? We think about that. It's life and Satan and the work of Satan trying to steal, kill, and destroy our heart that gets us into the other kind of living. But Jesus Christ says to you and I, he said, listen, he said, these things I've spoken to you that your joy may be full, listen, and that you will not stumble. How many would like to live a life where you're not stumbling along all the time? Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, he gives us this. And then in verses 8, 9, and 10, he says, if these things are in you, they'll make you that you'll either be barren or unfruitful and you will not stumble. It's his promise. It's God's promise. Now, let's read, because this is where we're at in our study. Okay, let's read it together, shall we? Everyone aloud? But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance. So we've studied that if we're going to really live this kind of a life, we have to diligently be adding to our faith in Jesus Christ moral excellence, virtue, moral excellence. We can't be messing around with the immorality and the impurity of the world. That stuff just poisons. It just poisons. It's like, it's like spraying Roundup on your nice flowers. It's dumb. Right? <clears throat> I did that one day. It was years ago. It had been a few weeks and I thought I had a mixture of, 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 uh, uh, of weed, weed fertilizer, weed and, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, miracle grow. And, and so I took that and I put that on my flowers. It, it was Roundup. I, I had, I'd been spraying weeds and I had Roundup in there. Well, my flowers didn't grow as you can imagine. They, they did die real good though. Okay, and and listen, we we do that, we do that, and then he said, not only moral excellence but knowledge, 
And when we studied this out, we discovered it's not just intellectual facts. Yes, we've got to have those facts. We've got to know the precepts and the principles of God's word. Okay, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, he said. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By giving heed unto thy word. Because we gotta put there, but it's also the Greek word there is means experiential knowledge. So it's it's head knowledge that moves into experiential knowledge. I want to experience him. You know? It wasn't enough that I saw that little Italian gal and I knew her name. She had been coming to the citywide youth events I'd been leading for some time. And we were at this roller skating event and she was there. And she was going around the roller rink. She was absolutely what we used to call a pixie. She was just adorable. And she had the nicest legs. I was a 19-year-old guy. I mean, what do you think, you know? And I thought, I just got to get to know her. It wasn't enough that I just knew about her. I wanted to know her. You know what I'm saying? And then the more I got to know her, not just know her name, but I got to know her, I really wanted to get to know her. But I wasn't dating at the time. I'd I'd made a covenant with God that I wasn't dating. But boy, I sure did. I sure did like her. And then on December 9th, 1968, we had our first date. And for many days thereafter... Every evening, I was at 2209 First Avenue North, getting to know her. <laughs> and I wanted to know her more. Yeah. Finally, I just thought, I'm just spending my life with her. Well, I'll tell you the story. I was at her house one Sunday. She invited me to her house for dinner. And I got there. And her dad had got a once-in-a-lifetime moose tag. And he got his moose that year. And we were having moose roast. And I am sitting there eating, and I love wild game. And I'm eating this moose roast, and it was just heavenly. And I turned to her mom. Her mom's name was was Beatrice. I said, B, this is heavenly. And she said, oh, Wanda made it. The moment she said Wanda made it, I said to myself, to myself, self, if you don't marry this woman, you're crazy. (laughs) Right? And if you know Wanda's cooking... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's why I have weight problems. <laughs> you got to get to know him. How well do you know him? Well, I know you know him. How well do you know him? I know you know him. How well do you know him? Do you know his character? Do you know his nature? Do you honestly know his love for you? Do you know his papa heart? Do you know how much your heavenly father wants to be more than heavenly father God? He wants to be papa. 
That's why in the New Testament it says the Holy Spirit in us cries, Daddy, Father. It's not this big distant God sitting up on a throne somewhere ready to smack you with a stick. He's a heavenly Father that loves you and wants to be your daddy and wants that kind of a close relationship with you. How well do you know him? Giving all diligence, add to your faith moral excellence to moral excellence, experiential knowledge to experiential knowledge. What? Self-control. We discovered that means we have to take personal responsibility for our thought life, for our emotions, and for our behavior. That's fun. It is. When, when you discover you don't have to live controlled by your emotions, you can control them. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when you discover that those people don't have to make you feel demean and small. They don't have to make you feel angry so you lose your temper. They only do that if you let them. And you can take control of that. You don't have to let them do that to you. Wanda was really glad when I discovered that. Now I'm no longer pounding the steering wheel and yelling at all the drivers. Of course, in Hermiston, you don't get that much anyway, do you? I remember we, we hadn't been here very long. I came home one day and I said, oh, the traffic around here is terrible. I had to wait for six cars to go by. Well, remember, we did spend 10 years living in Portland. <laughs> that was a nightmare. <clears throat> now, every time I have to go to Portland, I get the hives. <laughs> I have to deal with that traffic. <clears throat> but not only self-control, but then he says perseverance. Actually, in the, in the King James, it says patience in the New King James, in the NIV, it's the English word perseverance. The Greek word there means consistent endurance. It is the ability to hold up under stress and adversity. And I... Um, Well, I just took my little pointer apart. Hold on a minute, team. (laughs) Where did it go? The rest of my pointer went away. I got the cap. I apologize. Read it with me. (laughs) Well, now now the battery's down deep in my pocket. Speaking of adversity, (laughs) hey, would you put this together for me and make it work, David? Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I'm glad this one's not being being broadcast live over (laughs) on the internet. Here we go. Ready? Everyone together. Having the inner strength to not only hold on, but to press through. Please read it again. Having the inner strength to not only hold on, but to press through. You've got to diligently add to your life moral excellence. You've got to add to your life that, that experiential knowledge so that you're experiencing and walking with God in a personal relationship. You, you have to be willing to 
take that self-control, but then you've got to be willing to build in your life that inner strength that gives you the ability to hold on and press through. Stop giving up. I have found most Christians give up just before they're about to break through. And they're always getting to that point. Always getting to that point. Always, and and I, found, I found churches do the same thing. They're always getting to that point where they're, they're getting to that point. They're always about ready to break through. Always about ready to break through. And they quit right before. And so they, they've got this history of they get there, they get there. And they're, and they're always getting ready to get ready. I asked one guy one time, Pastor, he'd been doing this. And I said, when are you going to pull the trigger? When are you going to break through? When are you going to just, just take and raise the spiritual bar and raise the spiritual courage and raise the spiritual faith to say we are breaking through this barrier? We're breaking through. But there's another part to this that's really awesome. It's found in the book of James, chapter 1. James, serving the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, greeting my brethren. Suck your thump and whine when you fall into diverse temptation. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He? He didn't say suck your thumb. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. King James says diverse temptations, but none of us know what that means anymore. So the new King James and the NIV says various trials, various trials, various trials. Count it joy, joyful endurance. Joyful endurance is when you can joyfully stand and face the adversity and face it all the way through without giving in to worry, fear, and anxiety. Joyful endurance. Joyful endurance. You've met those folks that endure this way. They're leaving skid marks all the way. All right. I'm hanging on until Jesus comes. And boy, they're just such wonderful people to be around. They're cranky all the time. They get offended at everything. You haven't met folks. They just, it's just like everything offends them. And, and they don't have a thankful heart. They don't have a thankful spirit. But they're hanging on until Jesus comes. But here's the thing. They're missing abundant living. I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm just saying they're going to heaven, but they're missing abundant living. And that's not how God wants us to live. He he created us to enjoy abundant living. Joyful living. Joyfully endure. We're all listen, that's why Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulation. Apostle Paul wrote it this way: All who will have godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You've got a warfare for your heart going on. So of course you're going to have battles. Of course you're going to have struggles. Every time you win a great victory, the enemy's going to come try and steal it. 
He's going to come and try to make sure it doesn't go deep into your heart and life. He's going to try and wither it. He's going to try and choke it out. He's going to do everything he can to try and steal that thing. And you've got to nurture. You've got to guard your heart with all diligence. And you can do that with a frown on your face and cranky and, well, I'm just fighting the devil. Well, okay, but, you know, can you fight the devil with a smile? (laughs) Now, we have this illustrated for us in the scripture. How many have heard of Jericho? You know, the old children, just fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. I knew you guys all knew that. Sure. You've heard of Jericho. But maybe you didn't know how severe the walls were. Look at look at these. Did, did, did we get that put back together? You know, oh, have I got another battery in my pocket? I sure do. There we go. There's another one. You want anything else in there? It, it can be what's in there. This is kind of like a woman's purse. There's just almost anything in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Might as well have fun with it. <laughs> the pictures on your left, a man standing next to uh, portions of the walls of Jericho that are remaining to this day. And what is what has been been proven archaeologically is the walls didn't fall down this way they went straight down into the earth well obviously thank you very much david appreciate it because if the walls had fallen down this way it would either killed everybody inside the city or they would have killed all the all the the jewish people on the outside right because these these walls um were 13 feet tall and the redoubt was up to 28 feet tall. And this was, this was a pretty severe thing that, that they're facing, right? How are you, you going to conquer a city like this? Remember now, the Jewish people had no engines of war. They didn't have catapults. They didn't have battering rams. They, they didn't really have a military fortress, They had, they, had, they had defeated their enemies everywhere they went. But the reason they had defeated the enemies everywhere they went was because God fought for them. And, uh, and remember the very first battle they had, they won because Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the, a hillside and Moses held his hands up. And the glory of God fought for them as long as Moses' hands were up and they, they, they defeated the enemy, right? Remember the story? How are they going to conquer this city? Well, after scouting out the city, sending two spies in and scouting out the city and coming back, the angel of the Lord met Joshua. And that was, the angel of the Lord was a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. Man. It was a manifestation of Jesus before his virgin birth. And Jesus met with Joshua. 
And he gave them the battle plan of how they were going to conquer the city. And how they were going to conquer the city was they were going to march around the city for seven days. And for the first six days, they would march around the city one time. And then on the seventh day, they would march around it seven times. And on the seventh time, they would blow the shafar and they would shout with a shout. And the walls would come down. Through praise and worship, the walls would come down. And that happened. The walls went straight down. They marched in. They conquered the city. There, there, are, there are things in your life that seem like you can't conquer them. Like you can't win them. There's, there's no way that you can overcome them. How are you going to win the battle? Well, would you, if you have your scriptures with me, would you go with me to Psalm 34? I'd like to begin reading at verse 1. I'm going to read down verse 17. Psalm 34. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord in Cancer. Now I want to remind you, it was the angel of the Lord that met with Joshua and told him how to conquer the city of Jericho. And now it's saying it's the angel of the Lord that will stand with you. Who is the angel of the Lord? I've already told you that. Who's the angel of the Lord? Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Now he's talking in the Old Testament previous to Jesus Christ coming. Now we are standing on this side of Jesus Christ's virgin birth, his death, burial, and resurrection. And we know that he lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And so everywhere we go, every moment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, we are always encamped around by the angel of the Lord and he will fight our enemies for us we just got to believe it guys come on give him a praise come on oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him oh fear the Lord you his saints right there is no want to those who fear him The young lions lack and suffer hunger. The devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your lips from speaking deceit. Depart 
from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of most of their troubles. Uh, You did have your scriptures open. Good for you. How much is he going to deliver you out of? All. All. Dear ones, listen. But you've got to take control of your tongue. Do you hear him? Keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from seeking deceit. But we do that. We come under town and we go, oh, nothing ever works out for me. Why are you speaking that evil and that deceit? Well, I don't know where God is. God said he'd be with me. I don't know where he's at. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why are you speaking that evil against the Lord. Why are you speaking against the Lord? He's the one that's with you and wants to deliver you. Why are you speaking against him? Your tongue is defeating you right now. You gotta keep your tongue. You gotta keep your tongue under control. And you've got to declare the good things of the Lord. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at